Views, information or opinions expressed in the following podcast are solely the views of the individuals involved and do not represent the views of any third party. Any information provided is of a general nature only and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. In particular, you should seek financial advice prior to making a decision. Thank you again for your time this week, Joseph. A few questions for you, um, and a lot evolves in a week. So to kick things off, uh, how are you feeling about COVID restrictions as they start to lift? Really pleased. I'm sure everybody is breathing a huge sigh of relief that we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel getting brighter and bigger. So, you know, we've we've seen some very good signs this week, New South Wales, some suggestions also in in Victoria that things are going to ease up beginning of June. And of course, the, these weekly updates just kind of are more and more and more encouraging. So touch wood, uh, I think everybody's feeling that things are starting to ease. You can actually see it on the, the street traffic and the road traffic now. I mean, if you're yes. looking along most main streets now, it's, it's like normal in the evenings and the morning. Yes. Absolutely. And just to pick up on that point, which, which sort of leads me into my next question around consumer sentiment, it, it really feels as if things are starting to improve. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but economic indicators tend to lag a little. How far away do you think an economic rebound is? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I I'm increasingly convinced that it's going to be a U, not a V recovery. Yes. Um, and my sense is that we won't see much in the way of recovery until we get into 2021. So we're talking the best part of six months. Um, consumer, it's going to be really interesting watching consumer confidence because yes. and consumer expenditure, actually. And I read in the uh, one of the international press overnight that consumer expenditure in the UK has collapsed by 45% over the last two months. Wow. And you can kind of, when you stop and reflect on that, you think that's that's a lot. And why would that happen? Well, obviously, the ability to spend money has been, been constrained, although a lot of people are still spending online. But I think also people are using this as a time to repair their own domestic balance sheet. Reducing debts. People are obviously, even when people are, are, that are in work, they're still a little bit nervous about just what might happen in the economy and mm-hmm. how how secure is long-term employment. Um, you, you can't help but think about these things because there's so many people that have been impacted. And I, I think there's been a bit of belt tightening around most households. Yes. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see just how that that's loosened over time. My guess is it'll take at least six months, if not longer, for consumer confidence to be reflected in consumer spending at, at pre-COVID-19 levels. Yeah, OK. OK. Um, now, we've also seen on the international stage, you know, a lift in international trade tensions in general with 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 China. Um, 
Let's escalate it a little bit in the past week with uh, with a tariff on on Australian barley. Yeah. Uh, there's also been um, some political com com commentators, um, you know, down downplaying that. But where do you think uh, this will end with sort of mounting international pressure on 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 uh, China? Well, I mean. Before answering that question specifically, just stepping back for a second to a trend that is now quite clear. It's been a trend actually that's been evident in the world for at least since, well, certainly since President Trump came into power. Because you'll recall that part of his Making America Great um, strategy was to impose tariffs on imports and to encourage American firms to take their operations back on shore uh, and really really start to build a, a more nationalist economy as distinct from an international economy. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that the tr- Trump, Trump's um, utterances kind of brought all of that to life, but there had been a trend in that happening. Uh, and I think what we're seeing as a result of COVID 19 is going to be a fast tracking of that trend that so many industries and so many countries are going to start to protect national industries and rebuild some aspects of supply chains that have been outsourced. So there's a global trend uh, away from globalization. That's a clumsy term, but (laughs) a trend towards a greater national sovereignty on many industries, particularly critical industries and particularly the supply chain associated with critical industries. So that's the context. It's an important context. And then going to the to the Australian uh, China situation, which is hugely disappointing. Yes. Um, because there's not, there's just nothing economically in it for Australia. I mean it's we're falling getting involved in a bit of an international dispute with a major trading partner um, was always something that had a number of people scratching their heads. I mean, it's important Australia has a voice in, 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 in the debate on causes of COVID and the need to the need to have some inquiry. Mm-hmm. But that can be handled in quite a politically diplomatic way and not cause the sort of um, reactions that we've that we've seen recently from the Chinese who are clearly pissed off with Australia. Yes. And of course, that then becomes what, a, a, arguably a mismanaged interaction at the political level it starts impacting businesses and, and not just businesses, but it impacts regions and set local economies that are dependent on barley or ag- other agricultural products uh, in exporting to China. So we only hope that behind the scenes, that there is a, a good constructive politi- uh, diplomatic discourse going on that will take the sting and heat out of this current uh, argument and and repair things. But I have to say, I'm I'm concerned because just because of the context that I described earlier um, yes. and China's ability to you know to source its its, its goods and services. From a range of other countries, even though the Australian products, in terms of agricultural product, wine, 
etc., is right up there with the best in the world. So I'm I'm a little bit more pessimistic than I would like to be, but I'm praying that there's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes diplomatically to repair this um, argument and that it ends up being nothing more than a bit of a lover's tiff. Yeah, fingers crossed it ends up being a, a storm in a teacup. Storm in a teacup, perfect. Um, un- unpackaging some of these things a little bit, and, and I guess everything is a, is about perspective, Um but there has been some good come out of COVID from an economic lens, uh, businesses to reflect on the way they they accrue supplies, business relationships, and to allow people to have to have a really a really long hard look at at business structures. And I know we've spoken in earlier interviews around um, around opportunities that that flow from that. Um, just in general, um, and, and not so much of the positives that flow from COVID, but but some positives that have flown from the whole the whole um, pandemic rollout. You know, people from people working from home all the way through to through to industry industry um, industry impacts, mental health. What are some of the benefits uh, you think that? That have you know almost as as a byproduct of something that is relatively negative um, that have come to the surface. Great, it's a great question. Well, in terms of people, first mm-hmm. of all, people. I think people who were a little bit unused to or uncomfortable with the idea of working from home or or using you know webinar, video conferencing. Uh, we've all been forced to do that and like a lot of things in life that you're a little bit hesitant about doing uh, at the beginning the more that you do them the more practiced you are and the more that you kind of consider it to be quite normal so I think I think that's a big plus um, because it, it creates a huge amount of flexibility in the economy um, and it, it starts with people being able to organize themselves and work in a whole range of different ways than pre-COVID. At the level of the business, um, what I see is for for the smart business people, um, they've kind of said, look, this is not something we planned, but we're not going to waste a crisis. We're going to use this as an opportunity to have a good look at our business model, to look at changes that we've kind of been thinking about, but kicking the can down the road on for quite a number of years. Now's the time to make the changes. Um, Also, business is saying, look, post-COVID is going to be different. And so how are we adapting our business model to make sure that we're going to not, not just survive COVID, but succeed coming out of COVID? So, And, and there's numerous examples of that. We could rattle through them. I mean, um, almost every day you hear or read about a business that has, I wouldn't say totally reinvented itself, but re- readapted its business model uh, into a much more agile and much more sustainable um, business model than it, than it was than was the case uh, pre-COVID-19. So I think businesses are going to be a lot more agile, a lot better equipped at dealing with crises. I mean, there's no textbook for this stuff, right? I mean, we basically had to learn it as we were going. I mean, yes. people talk about black swan events and crises, and but this was this was a truly unusual, highly concerning, 
health crisis that became an economic crisis that became you know a crisis it's not not just a, a physical health crisis as it started off with but it's become a mental health crisis for many and it's it's actually there's nobody nobody that hasn't been impacted by this and so when you think about you know the gfc it impacted lots of bank, financial institutions impacted some businesses um it impacted some people but not everybody i mean we still you know those that were lucky enough to hang on to the job or not have the job impacted still went out to restaurants you could get you could book restaurants go to bars but this this crisis has changed and impacted every aspect of life that m- many of which we, we've taken for granted and many of which we could just never imagine so i think in a crisis management sense we've all come up the curve big time yes uh, and it's made us think about these things and i mean i i'm thinking about you know what are the lessons that we're, lear- we're learning here and i'm thinking about the story the conversation i have with my grandchildren in 25 30 years time when they say hey were you around at covid 19 that might be the that might not be the first thing they might ask they might say hey were you around when donald trump was around <laughs> <laughs> and i'll say yeah and they'll say oh i can't believe that and then they'll say what was covid 19 like how did you guys cope and you know there's going to be great stories because there's great learnings and um and i think we've all grown and developed as a result of this at a personal level, at a business level, at a society level. Mm-hmm. So there are many positives that have come out of this, Steve, in what in what is a, a very sad um, and difficult time uh, for all of us, but particularly for families that have been impacted. There's no getting away from that. But on the positive side, we all, we all learned a lot about ourselves and about our businesses and about society that um, only this kind of crisis could have forced us to uh, learn about. Yes, excellent, excellent. Thank you, Joseph. Pleasure. Um, that's probably a, a wrap there. Um, thank you again for your time this week. Um, we always obviously appreciate all of your insights, as do the customers, and um, we look forward to hosting you at some event soon. Great. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Joseph. The company is the owner or licensee of all intellectual property rights in this podcast, including but not limited to the copyright and any rights in the designs. You are permitted to use the podcast for personal use, but not for commercial use without a license from us. You may not make any recordings of or otherwise copy the podcast.